Hi, thank you for checking out The Metamystic. This podcast is a place where metaphysics and mysticism blend to create reality and how this information can help us transcend our current human consciousness into one that promotes universal love and acceptance for all. This podcast is intended to be a safe place for people wanting to ask deeper questions about the multifaceted and multidimensionality of our realities. It's for people who want to share their extraordinary experiences and exceptional encounters. It's a podcast for people who care about the conservation of Earth and protecting its animal, plant, and human species. It's for people who care about social justice and art and elevating the voices of others that may not look like them. It is for the seekers and for anyone who has an open heart and mind to ideas you may not have heard before or may even challenge some ideas you already hold. It is my hope that in exploring the topics presented in this podcast, you will gain a broader understanding of how we are all wonderfully connected to each other, the universe, and far more than we ever expected. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Metamystic. This episode is one of our foundational episodes, and I will be discussing the Great Awakening that occurred during 2020. And if this is your first time to listen to this podcast, let me backtrack and give you a little context about what we'll be talking about today and in the season. tell this truth, I must tell it all, but I don't have to tell it alone. This story begins at the beginning of the quarantines and the COVID-19 crisis during 2020, which is perhaps the most significant year of recent human history for so many reasons, and its effects are still being felt to this day. So even though we may not want to go there, Let's just think back to what happened a few years ago and how far we've come since then. So in 2020, a global pandemic upended commerce, travel, healthcare, our daily lives. Wearing masks and social distancing was such a huge paradigm shift for most of the Western world. It was a vital election year in America, which was plunged further into polarity. Complete with mass protests for equality, There's tons of wildfires and just overall big time dystopian vibes. Twenty twenty was also the first time in generations where millions of people had time of quiet contemplation. Some people finally were creating that vegetable garden, finishing the home improvement projects. It was a time to reevaluate things, a time to rest. It was also a time of unsureness, of people dying alone, increased unemployment, and hunger. It also led to a huge shift to working and learning from home with the Zoom revolution. Self-care and mental health came into the forefront, 
because now everyone was experiencing this human event together. It was the great awakening from the great slumber. Just as one is not supposed to wake a sleeping bear, the anger many were experiencing was based in unwillingness to open their hearts or their eyes from the long sleep further exacerbated by those in power who wanted to maintain the status quo. These people did not want to acknowledge what was going on in the world because it would disrupt their everyday life. They didn't want to have to change their routines and points of view or express empathy for their fellow human beings. Perhaps some of this antipathy to wearing masks or to everything that was going on was due to people just not wanting to examine their own personal lives. But for those whose eyes were already open, the Great Awakening was a time to literally see with 2020 vision. It was the unexpected answer people of planet Earth have been asking, seeking for, for at least the past 100 years. However way you look at it, there is the world before 2020 and the quasi-dystopia on the brink of both collapse and new creation that we are living in now. But over the course of two years, we mostly came to accept the present realities and future uncertainties that all of these challenges pose to us. Even with all of the imperfections of today's society, we are still further along on our journey than we were three years ago. Because perhaps we were collectively living in the present moment more than we ever had in centuries. Deepak Chopra and Eckhart Tolle be praised. It's almost poetic karma that a virus, something we cannot see, invisible to the naked eye and imperceptible to the five physical senses, had shuttered the world's doors. Many people began tuning into healthcare and societal problems because it affected everyone, not just the marginalized and dependent members of society. As a social worker, I had been advocating for vulnerable children and adults for eight years at that point. The disruptions we were experiencing collectively in our everyday lives were situations people who barely make ends meet go through every day. As a writer and an activist, I've tried to explain what was going on in 2020 and currently is the result of decades spanning systemic inequalities, religious fascism, and all the problems living in a capitalist surveillance state. This system was designed to never stop. Okay, I'm not really good at economy and don't always know how to file my taxes, but it doesn't take much knowledge to see that the global economy and American industry policies are built with a consumption mentality. We never stop producing, never stop buying, just keep swiping and priming until the next person, online deal, designer purse or mankini gets your jollies off. 
Now that we are collectively, or were collectively on pause, we had the time to re-examine how we were doing things as a society, as companies, as families, as individuals. People are being held accountable more than they ever have before. And that probably would not have happened at the same momentum had we not had time to just be still. Even with the uncertainties and the worries, we were facing real-life threats head-on and being forced to look at places in our own selves as we had to re-examine the way that the world was structuring itself, we had that time to work on ourselves too. As bars, restaurants, salons, gyms, and school classrooms closed their doors, as hospital rooms were filled to capacity, as people were sick and dying, as my friends, my mom, our neighbors, our roommates were struggling to make ends meet, as we grew weary of social distancing, as nations and agencies were scrambling each day on how to react, coordinate resources, direct agencies, and address the populace. As I continued to work an essential job with so many of our nurses and teachers and other social workers and doctors, as the world was losing its collective shit, it was effectively one year after I started to get mine back together after publishing my first book and the ensuing events. And in the vein of divine irony, I received my acceptance letter to the Masters of Social Work program at the University of Washington the same weekend that the COVID quarantines went into place. Got 99 problems and irony ain't one. Like it could have been any other year. Why did it have to be that year when I got accepted to grad school and then everything changed? On some level, I knew that I just wasn't gonna go. I don't know why I felt that, but it all would make sense later on. And there were so many people and friends who had to move weddings or couldn't move to a new job or travel, just big things and events in our lives all got put on hold or shifted or completely changed everything that we did. And we didn't really quite know what to make of it all at first. Because the machine, the so-called great American dream, the one that was never supposed to stop, came to a grinding halt. It was a planetary reset, a break from the crushing weight which has been purposely put into place to keep us under control. Over the course of a weekend, the world stopped at once. The daily distractions could no longer be hidden and the man behind the curtain, he had to stay at home too. It was in the vacuum of isolation that many of us began to grow more independent and tap into talents and projects long put off and forgotten. It was also a time for people to close off and get caught in the echo chamber of lies being spewed by disgusting politicians and those who think they have more to gain from a fearful populace than an enlightened one. How can we be taught to look within when our society doesn't value our emotional, mental, social health needs? The fact that we have collectively had to fight for those basic rights, 
in a country where justice and prosperity are supposedly for makes it seem so much easier to put away our dreams and to quit speaking up. Because what's the point of speaking up or speaking on others' behalf if nothing's going to change anyway? We have collectively been way out of sync for decades. The faster production and consumption speed up, the more strain and wear we have put upon nature, on each other, on our souls. Sometimes we have to be humbled to move forward in the direction that is in balance with the rest of our lives, our earth, our futures. In this waiting is our time to recalibrate, focus, and get ready to begin. Each one of us had to cope with the individuality and isolation of quarantines. For many people, the weight of oppression and lack of services had been crushing far longer before the mandatory enforcements of masks and social distancing were put into place. The information about COVID came in spotty and without cohesion in the beginning. There was no plurality of senators or Congress members who were championing the side of the human survival. Some of the people who represent us do not care for those they represent. There are those who serve their state and its many agencies and people with the full intention of providing for the public good. But as we have come to see time and time again, the government and corporations care more about the bottom line than they do for its populace to live out the day, let alone getting a chance to thrive. The uncertainty caused by the initial quarantines was scarcely surprising for those who worked within governmental agencies. As a social worker, it felt like the reports we had been typing out to governing authorities were blinking into place on every platform device across the world. Like so many of the brave nurses and teachers and other good doers in the world, sometimes it feels like we're trying to light a candle while standing in a flood carrying cases of families in manila folders and jump drives, and now the whole ship was going overboard. This time, even the band had to stop playing too. But more than all of the other disruptions and changes going on, none was more significantly important than in the realm of social justice. And more specifically, racial and systemic justice for people of Black, Indigenous, Asian, Hispanic, and those who identify other than Caucasian. Obviously and unfortunately, millions of people of color have experienced devastating inequality and oppression in North America, in South America, all across the world since before America was even founded. The push for black liberation and abolition has been championed by countless activists, religious figures, politicians, writers, musicians, and everyday people for hundreds of years. The strides made by those brave individuals have broken down barriers and unjust laws and have helped create new policies and opportunities for BIPOC communities. There have been movies made and whole curriculums and organizations formed based on these struggles, but how much had really changed for the BIPOC community and individuals in America? Perhaps it was due to the confluence of all that was going on for the American melting pot to unexpectedly have its lid blown off 
with the death of one man. There was quarantine pre-George Floyd and quarantine post-George Floyd and a world which needed to be rattled from complicity and complacency and would never be the same. Thank you for listening to part one of The Great Awakening. I'm excited to bring to you the next episodes of The Metamystic, and part two will be a continuation of The Great Awakening. And with the anniversary of the death of George Floyd three years ago, it feels fitting and important to revisit what was happening back then and where we need to go now. And as crazy as all of this sounds, this movement and the racial justice and social justice that so many millions of people were seeking and are still seeking for is very integral to the telling of this whole story and how I got into the metamystic. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that this is interesting and you are getting some insight from this and I really appreciate everyone who is listening. Thank you so much. Have a great day and I will see you next time.